I'm so glad you're at church this morning. I mean, I can't imagine if you wouldn't have missed uh, Jason's prediction. And uh, I also had no idea that Pastor Mark was going to uh, preach a little mini-sermon on Spam Musubi and love. So we've heard from the word of the Lord. Let me close in prayer. We're going to go home. No, I'm just kidding. How can you compete with Spam Musubi and love? Um, I do believe the Lord has a word for us yet, uh, for you yet, so we're going to continue. But I heard a story this last week about uh, a guy who was struggling with going to church. So he woke up on Sunday morning and um, his wife came into the bedroom and said, uh, Honey, time to get out of bed and go to church. And he said, I don't want to go to church. So she kind of pushed on his shoulder and rolled him over and says, um, You ha have to get up. You have to go to church. And uh, he looked at her and he said, just give me one good reason why I have to go to church. And she said to him, because you're the pastor, Mark. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Pastor Mark loves to come to church. And uh, so do I love to come to church. It's really a beautiful thing to be a part of a, a church ohana, a haumana ohana. Uh, a church family that encourages one another in the life of following Jesus, in being a student, in being an apprentice, of Jesus and that's what we're doing over these last weeks and we've recognized that as we walk into 2022 and we're already a full month plus a month and a half into it there isn't a more important decision that you can make this year than to follow Jesus it's the most important decision you can make why because of who your leader is because of Jesus Christ he is the um, the risen glorified king of the universe and uh, he's coming again to establish his new creation. He rules from heaven now over all things. There isn't a more awesome leader. There isn't anyone more important for you to follow in life than Jesus Christ. And yes, he's the, the loving king of the universe who loves you with his first love. He's the exalted king, but he's the loving king. He's the one who has shown you the depth of his love. He has given you his first love love he has loved you with everything and that love continues every day and so he is an awesome loving leader he's the only one worth following in life and uh, that in itself is worth following uh, following jesus being his apprentice being his disciple but there's another aspect that goes with that that he invites us and he invites you by name as you follow him to make an investment in your life for things that go way beyond this life, for eternal life, for the new creation. In fact, when you think about it, the life of following Jesus is the only investment that goes beyond this life. Any other investment of time, of skill, of finances, it all ends with this life. But your investment in following Jesus echoes into eternity. It does. It becomes a part of his new creation. And, and so we have an investment in a kingdom that goes beyond this world. And all of those are reasons why we want to encourage and uh, strengthen one another and grow in what it means to follow Jesus, to be his disciple, to, to be his uh, apprentice. Last week, and if I can just review for a moment, uh, I thought about it this last week, um, I once heard a lady say to me that repetition is the mother of all learning. Repetition is the mother of all learning. You know who told me that, literally? My mother. <laughs> and I remembered it. But uh, let me just review for a minute where we started. Last week we saw 
I mean, the question is, what, what does a disciple look like? If we're pursuing this life of haumana, this life of being an apprentice, a student, a disciple of Jesus, what does a disciple look like? Um, if you saw one walking in Macy's or walking in Long's, uh, would you recognize what a disciple of Jesus looks like? Or maybe even more important, if someone looked at your life, would they say, wow, there walks a, a follower of Jesus? What is the mark of a disciple of Jesus? We saw last week, the primary distinguishing mark of a follower of Jesus is love for people. Jesus himself said, by this all people will know that you're my disciples, that you're my followers, that you have love one for another. This is the distinguishing mark of Haumana, of followers of Jesus. It's, it's love for people. Where do you get that kind of love? And we saw that Jesus is the standard of love. He says, as I have loved you, so you are to love one another. Where on earth do you get that kind of love? It's crucial to realize the, 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 the life and the love of Jesus come, flows out of a close relationship with God. It flows out of intimacy. It close, flows out of that, that close life of walking with Jesus because it's not a self-help project. It's not like I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to try to be more kind. I'm going to be, try to be more patient. I'm going to be, try to be more good. It's not self-actualization. It's not self-improvement. It's not self-help. It's simply walking with Jesus and allowing his life to fill our life and overflowing to other people. That's what Jesus said. I'm the vine. He gave us this image. He says, I'm the vine. You guys are the branches. And as the branches are plugged into the vine, it's the life of the vine that gives fruit to the branches. And um, so that, that connection, that close fellowship, that close relationship, that's pursuing him, um, that's the source of his life, his love flowing into our lives and then producing fruitfulness. And what's the first fruit of the Holy Spirit of Christ? Love. <laughs> it's his life, his love flowing into our lives and then producing that love and fruitfulness in the lives of others. This is what Jesus taught, and this is the key to the relationship. And that's why in our Haumana groups, we are encouraging one another. One of the great questions we've asked is, okay, what, what in your life um, would draw you closer to God if you took it out of your life? If you took this out of your life, what activity, what time, whatever, would actually draw you closer to God? And also, what do you need to put into your life that would draw you closer to God? And we're encouraging each other with that because at the heart of it is a heart for Jesus and a heart to walk in close relationship and fellowship with him. That's the key to all of the fruitfulness of the life, and it's, it's worth reviewing. This week, that was last week's message. Oh, and by the way, I, I just want to read for a moment because the apostle John was there. He saw Jesus. He saw what Jesus did. He, he saw this new life that Jesus brought to his disciples. He was one of the founding disciples. And he reminds us that, with this. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, right? That's what Jesus had taught them. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. It's sourced in God. He's the vine. He's the source of life. He's the love. And that love flows into our lives and through our lives. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. There's the relationship. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is Love. God is perfect love. He's unfailing love. He's pure love. He's absolute love. He's the source of love. And then he says, this is how God showed his love. You want to know that how God loves you the greatest way among us? 
he sent his one and only son, that's Jesus, into the world that we might what? That we might live through him. That we might live through him. That out of that relationship with him, that his life flows through our life to others. And so John was there, he got it, and uh, we're learning it, right? That's the mark, the primary mark of the follower of Jesus is love for people. And that love is sourced in that intimacy with God himself. That was last week's message. This week, we have a new message. And here's the message in a sentence or in a phrase. Love is more better. Love is the absolute most important thing. Love is that um, primary thing for the follower of Jesus that if you have it, it makes everything beautiful, everything meaningful. If you don't have it, it's worthless. Love is more better. The Apostle Paul, under the Holy Spirit, tells us that three times in three verses. And when I look at that and say, why is he repeating it so many times? It's because sometimes it takes pastors a little while to get it. <laughs> and so he says three times in these passages, in this passage we're going to look at in 1 Corinthians, that love is that essential ingredient. Love is more better. It's the most important thing. It's of supreme value. Look at the uh, notes with me, and they'll come up with the screen. This is 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. The last verse in chapter 12 says this. Apostle Paul says, I will show you the most excellent way. I will show you the more better way. The most important way. The more better way. That's the Hawaiian translation, right? I will show you the way. And it's the way of love. He says this, he's going to say three times in this passage, love is more better. Love is more better than spiritual gifts, than the most spectacular spiritual gifts. First thing he says is this, love is more better than amazing gifts of communication. Miraculous gifts of communication. He says, if I speak in the tongues, spiritual gift of tongues, of men and of angels. What's he talking about? Well, you remember... The Holy Spirit gave on the day of Pentecost miraculous gift of tongues where people spoke in human languages that they had never learned to get the word of God out to people of all different languages. But there's also this gift of um, ecstatic utterances, heavenly languages that Paul says the Holy Spirit gives and if it happens in community in the, in the body of Christ, it needs the interpretation for the building up of everyone because it's a heavenly language. It's not language that you would naturally understand. So he says if I operating in these spectacular gifts of communication, these miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit. But he says this, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but if I do not have love, even with these spectacular miraculous gifts, but I do not have love, he says this, I'm the gong show. <laughs> I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. <laughs> I'm of no value. In fact, I would interpret that as saying, I make people's ears hurt. I make their ears hurt. What is a, have you ever just a gong or a clanging cymbal? Um, I have a couple of images when I think about this. One, when I think of the sp spectacular gifts that the Holy Spirit gives of communication. One of the most remarkable experiences I had in life was such a blessing was, was a few years ago, but I had the opportunity to travel to Papua New Guinea. And uh, if you know Papua New Guinea, it has all these countless languages and dialects. And a lot of missions work going there. I, I had the privilege of meeting with a gentleman named Jack Douglas. Wait till heaven, you're gonna see Jack Douglas. He's gonna be in, in an amazing place of, of honor for Christ, I believe. Anyway, Jack Douglas had gone out from England uh, 
to Papua New Guinea, and um, he had gone to reach a people that nobody had ever learned their language. And I had the, the, the gift, the privilege of sitting in Jack's house that he built. And by the way, you can only get into his village by an airplane. There's no way to get in there except they had built a little airstrip. And um, we sat, uh, our little team sat with Jack, and he passed out these little folders. And he said, you know what these are? And I said, what? He said, I have just finished translating the New Testament into this language. He had been there 26 years in that village learning a very difficult language. Papua New Guinea, it had all these clicks and clutters, and, and it, it took him 20 years just to learn the language, and then another six years to translate the New Testament. And he just had a heart to go in there. That was his life's work, to take the good news about Jesus and translate the scriptures into that uh, tribal language that was so difficult. I just thought, what if the Holy Spirit had just given him the gift of, like Pentecost, where he could speak and translate in this human language. It took him 20 years to learn that. And what a gift of the Spirit. And Paul is saying, even if God had given Jack that language, if he had no love in his heart, and he had a huge amount of love just to take that, the scriptures and the love of Jesus to those people, but he says, if you did all of that and had no love, it's useless, it's worthless, it's of no value. And um, the other image I have of this, and again, it was a few years ago, but I'll never forget one Christmas when my boys were young. <laughs> one of their aunties gave, um, gave Steve this red fire engine. I mean, it was a big fire engine. The kid could sit on it. And it was a nice Christmas gift, except for the fact that it, um, it had this, this um, light that would go on and this siren that drove everybody crazy. It drove this siren, and it was loud, and it was shrill, and it was like Steve loved it, and we thought, it let him play, but it was so irritating, so loud, so annoying, so hurtful to the ears. We were just waiting for him to get distracted by another toy, and then we literally took that fire engine and put it in the closet. Didn't let him play with it anymore, because it was so irritating. It was a clangor. <laughs> and uh, Paul is saying, you can have spectacular gifts of, you can have miraculous gifts of, of, of ministry, of communication. But if you don't have love, you've got nothing. It's, it's only hurtful. It's a clangor to God. And it's a clangor to other people. Love is more better than spectacular gifts of communication. And if you didn't get it the first time, look at the second verse. Love is more better than amazing gifts of knowledge and faith. He goes on. He says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom what? all mysteries what you can fathom all mysteries and you can fathom all knowledge he says you can be a one person seminary you can understand every passage of the bible with correctly you can have uh, understand every theological thing accurately you can have all knowledge all uh, mystery you can have it all but he says this but you don't have love you are nothing he says i am nothing I can be a one-person seminary. I can have all of these amazing gifts of knowledge. And um, if I don't have love in my heart, I got naked nothing. It's worthless. And not only that, he says, um, if you have faith, well, isn't faith important? Yes, but he says, if I have a faith that can move mountains, if I have a faith that can see the obstacles and see God's miraculous power to remove those obstacles and, and open up a new door for a new ministry, a new vision, a new church, a new uh, mission station, a new whatever, a new work of God in my, in my company, 
I can have that kind of mountain-moving faith, but if I don't have any love in my heart, it's worthless. It's no good. Wow. Love is mobeta. It's that supreme value that's more important than amazing gifts of communication, amazing gifts of knowledge, amazing gifts of faith. And if you haven't got it yet, he says it one more time. Look at the next one. Love is more better than amazing gifts of service. If I give all I possess to the poor, I'm totally sold out so that I, everything I have, I give for the benefit of poor people. I give it all. And I even give my body to, and the translation says hardship, some of them says over to the flames. You give yourself totally even to the point of martyrdom, to serving other people, to serving God with your entire life, all your possessions, all your person, totally dedicated to God. Wow, what an example. But if you don't have love in doing that, what does he say? I gain nothing. <laughs> I gave that. Love is more better than amazing gifts of service. He says it over and over and over again. If you have love, you have everything. You can have everything else, but if you don't have love, you got nothing. You're bankrupt. You got naked nothing. That's what he says. Love is more better in all of these different ways. You know, uh, he's saying that love is the essential. He's obviously not putting down spiritual gifts or miraculous works. He's just saying that love is supreme over all of those. Love is the most important ingredient. Love is essential. When I think about that, I think about the number one. Love is the number one. Yeah, number one in priority. But you know, you can have a zero. It's not the Oregon Ducks, it's a zero. You can have a zero and what's it worth? Zero. But if you take that zero and you put a one in front of it, you got a 10. You got to, it's valuable, it's meaningful with the integer one. Love is the integer one. You can have two zeros, zero, zero. It's still worth zero. But if you put love with it, you got a hundred. That's valuable, that's meaningful. Or you can have three zeros, you get where I'm going with this, right? It's still zero, but you put love with that, one, and you got 1,000, valuable supreme value that's what paul is saying it's one love is that essential ingredient that makes everything else valuable and meaningful but if you don't have it it's worth nothing that's why it's more better and um, i also have this image uh, i think i shared it with you a few years ago but um had an experience when my boys were younger the one time in my life i've ever seen any of my boys spit a cookie out of their mouth <laughs> And not only was it one boy, it was actually four boys, all virtually simultaneously spit these cookies out of their mouth. Why would they do that? Well, here's what happened. We, the first church I pastored, and they were just little guys. They were this wonderful lady. I won't mention her name because who knows, some of her family might be watching on the internet. But um, uh, <clears throat> we'll call her Auntie B. She had a great heart, and she wanted to cook some cookies for my boys, for our family. What a wonderful thing. So came to church on Sunday. She gave us this bag of cookies. We took them home. We were in the backyard, and I decided to share these cookies with my four boys. I gave them each a cookie, and as I said, almost simultaneously, they all spat them out of their mouth. I thought, this is weird. Why would boys spit a cookie out of their mouth? And so I took one of the cookies, and I bit into it. Guess what I did? 
They were bitter. They were dry and they were bitter. And I don't know what went wrong with that cookies, but I think what happened was dear Auntie B forgot to put the sugar in the cookies. I think she put all the other ingredients in there. I think she forgot the cookies because they were actually bitter. And they were, guess what? Worthless as cookies. And I didn't have to persuade my boys about that. They just, you know, they voted with their, their spitting out of these cookies. So they weren't totally useless. You know what we did with them? We had a whole bag. We said, hey, these are great Frisbees. Let's see if you can hit a tree. And that's what we did with the cookies, was we played Frisbee with them. But they were worthless in terms of eating. And you see, love is like that. Love is like sugar to a cookie. If you don't have it, it's of no value. It's worthless. And Paul is saying, love is more better. It is this important. It is that essential ingredient in the life of following Jesus. That the mark of Haumana, the primary sign is that you love one another. And if you have love, you have everything. If you don't have love, whatever else you've got, you got nothing. That's how important it is. Now, what does that kind of love look like? Because um, we can talk about love and we should talk about love, but in, in, the human, in the English language, you realize we just have one word for love. In the language of the New Testament, there are actually four different words for love. So what kind of love is he talking about? We use the word love um, in a number of ways. I love watching football. <laughs> I love strawberries. I love my wife. Um, I love uh, coming to church. We use love in all of these different ways. What's Paul speaking about? What's the Holy Spirit speaking about when he's talking about this kind of love? Well, he goes on to speak very practically about what this kind of, it's Christ's love. It's that kind of love that flows from God's heart into our lives and overflows to others. And he gives a very uh, practical list, 15 uh, attributes or characteristics of this kind of love so we know what kind of love he's talking about and <clears throat> what he does is he takes this kind of love and and he shines it through a prism I don't know if you can remember your high school chemistry where you had a prism and you shine a light through it and sprays out all these different colors he's kind of doing that with love he shines Christ's love through a prism and he separates out 15 different very practical colors of love that um, are to be expressed in our life as the love of Christ is expressed to us. So uh, let me just summarize that with this comment. We'll see <clears throat> where I get this summary. But I want to say that this love, it's an action. It acts for the benefit of others. If we can summarize, what kind of love are you talking about? We're talking about actions that benefit somebody else. That's the kind of love he's talking about. Where do I get that? Well, when you look at these 15, this list of 15, uh, it doesn't come through in the English text. It comes through in the English text as adjectives. Love is patient. Love is kind. They're actually verbs. And it's noticeable that every one of them is a, a verb is an action term. A verb is when you take action. He's saying this kind of love takes action. It's shown in your actions. It's shown in your behaviors. And so love acts. And at the center of the list is the key defining phrase it says love does not seek itself love is not self-seeking love is seeking for the benefit of others if you put those two things together you've really got a summary of what Paul is saying here you want to know what kind of love we're talking about the love of Jesus in your heart showing to other people it's shown in your actions and it's shown in seeking the benefit of the other person in every situation that kind of summarizes and so let me just make the observations it's a decision of your will. 
Your actions are a result of your will. Feelings are important. You know, I love affectionate feelings, and when you love people, feelings come with that. But feelings are not at the center of this because sometimes we're called to love people even when our feelings aren't there. That's how you can love an enemy, right? You don't have warm and fuzzies to someone who's an enemy, someone who's hurt you, someone who's gone against you, but you can make a decision for that person's best interests, and you can act on that, and that's what love is. And so love is, first of all, a decision of your will. You choose to love. You make a decision to love that person um, in whatever circumstance. And then it's not primarily a feeling, as I've said, although feelings are wonderful, but don't uh, think that this kind of love is just fuzzy-wuzzy warm feelings for people, no. Sometimes it comes with affectionate feelings, and that's a beautiful thing. But sometimes you have to actually overcome your feelings and make a decision to act for that person's benefit. Secondly, and I've already mentioned this, it's shown in our actions. Love is actions. It's choosing to do the right thing. And um, all of these 15 colors of love express that. So let's look at them briefly. Love, and I've just interpreted them as actions. Love acts patiently. Love acts patiently. Now, raise your hand if you need your spouse to be more patient. <laughs> I just busted a few people. Some of you, I gotta think about because if you raise your hand, yeah, if your spouse has to be more patient, why? Because you're being a pain. That's why they have to be patient. I just little trap for you to walk into, right? So you just got busted. Here's the reality. All of us need to act patiently. When other people are irritating, when other people are frustrating, but when you think about it, um, impatience is really all about me and not about the other person. Uh, in, when I'm being impatient, I'm just thinking about me and what I want and what I think I need. And so it's self-centered. If I am patient, I'm thinking about the other person. I'm thinking about their needs. And then it will make me long-suffering is actually the word with that person. At the center of it, is it about you or are you caring about somebody else? If you're caring about somebody else, then you will be less inclined, less inclined to be impatient. You'll be more inclined to be patient. Love seeks the benefit of the other person, so love acts patiently. Secondly, love acts kindly, in goodwill, acts to help, to serve. Kindness is a great expression of this kind of love. Love does not envy, and again, think about envy for a moment. Envy is self-centered. Envy is all about what the other person has, but what I don't have, and so you feel envious because you don't have it, rather than recognizing all that you do have and being blessed that somebody else has a blessing too. When you can have that kind of love that, that cares for other people, then you're, you're blessed with what they have and you're not just thinking about poor little old me and what I don't have. And um, so it, just another expression that love doesn't seek your own. Love seeks the benefit of other people. Love does not envy, love does not brag. Love isn't filled with self. That's what a braggart is. They're filled with self. It's all about me. It's filled with care for others. And that results in humility, not arrogance, not pride. Love isn't big-headed. It's big-hearted. That's what Paul is saying. It's about caring for the other person. It does not brag. It does not act arrogantly. It does not parade itself. It does not strut person who is parading themselves, making a big deal of themselves. Why? Because it's all about, and Paul's saying, no, it's not self-seeking. It's not about you. Love cares for the needs of other people. 
and doesn't express itself in arrogance, in pride, in, in these kinds of things. Love does not act rudely. Why? Because love recognizes the value of the other person. If love is acting rudely, it's, it's insulting people, it's thinking you're better than somebody else, it's dishonoring people, it's pu putting other people down to try and lift yourself up. And, and that's all about your self-inflation. It's not about actually caring and recognizing the value and the dignity of somebody else, which we've seen <laughs> created in the image of God, worth the price of the blood of Jesus on the cross. And so when you realize that, then you don't act rudely towards people because you recognize their dignity, their value. All of these are expressions where we take actions to benefit the other person. It's not about us. That's what love is. It's about caring for another person. And there's at the center of the list what I've already mentioned. It's not self-seeking. It seeks the benefit for others. The most beautiful, the most powerful expression of that is Jesus himself. When he came to this world, when he poured out his life on the cross, when he allowed himself to be tortured and suffer the sins of the world, including yours, it wasn't seeking his own needs. It was for your needs and for my needs. It was caring for the needs of others. And he's the supreme example of this kind of love that gives his life for us, that seeks the benefit of our lives, um, the gift of forgiveness of sins, the gift of eternal life. That's at the heart of this kind of love. It's not self-seeking. And when it flows through our life, it's not about us. It's not about seeking what's best. For, it's about caring for other people and their needs and their interests. So some more examples. Love does not get easily angered. Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't short-fused. Why? Because when you think about it, most of our anger, most of our anger is when I don't get what I want. It's self-centered. I want this. I don't get it. I'm going to get angry. Instead of, you know, yeah, there are times of, of righteous anger. Jesus had righteous anger, but most of our anger is self-centered anger. And that's the antithesis of caring for the needs of somebody else. Instead of getting angry for what you don't want or what you don't get that you want, what's the needs, the concerns of the other person? Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Great word here, logizomai. Love doesn't log accounts. It's an accounting term. It doesn't log all the things that that person has done wrong. When I uh, read that, I was reminded of a story of a couple that were having a fight. Lots of marriages have arguments, have quarrels. This couple was sitting down, and they were having an argument, having a quarrel, and they weren't getting anywhere in resolving it. Finally, the husband said, well, look, let's just, we're not solving this. You sit down and write down all the things you're upset about. I'll sit down, and I'll write down all the things I'm upset about. Then maybe we can talk about them. So they sat down and they're writing, 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 and the, wife, the husband looks at the wife and she's writing, 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 and he's finished writing. He says, okay, I gotta write some more. They're, they're competing with how much they're writing. Finally, they quit, and uh, husband says, uh, looks at her list, and all she had written down was, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And you can imagine, he was kind of convicted by that, right? Well, love doesn't keep a list. Love forgives. And at the heart of that is Jesus uh, with his full forgiveness of all of our sins. And uh, whether that person recognizes they've hurt you or whether they don't recognize they hurt you, whether they can't uh, deal with it, whatever, love is generous with forgiveness just as Jesus is generous with our forgiveness. So that's an aspect of Christ's love and it's based on the needs of the other person. They just need to be forgiven. They just need to be forgiven. And in that act of forgiveness, guess what happens? I get freed up 
from bitterness, from resentment, from uh, a shriveled spirit. I get to experience joy and wholeness and fullness, which is what Jesus wants me to experience, the life of Christ in me. So it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It's forgiving. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness. I don't know if you ever read uh, Eugene Peterson's uh, translation of the Bible. It's more of a paraphrase of the Bible, but it's, he's got a gift with language. And you know what he says in this passage? He says this in, in the message. Love doesn't revel when other people grovel. Isn't that good? Love doesn't take joy in the depravity of others. Love doesn't revel in unrighteousness. Love doesn't revel when other people grovel. And love rejoices with the truth, God's truth, uh, transparency, all of that. All of these are expressions of the love of Christ um, spread out into all of these various colors, acting in ways that seek the benefit of others. And then finally says, love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres. How can it always be? It always looks out for the best interests of others. It's consistent, it's permanent, it's, it's forever. How can you love with that kind of love? Well, the key again is letting Jesus' love flow into your hearts. But it's also recognizing that it's sourced in God, that God's love is constant that God's love is permanent, that God's love is unfailing. And that's the permanence and the, the endurance of that kind of love in my heart. If, if I try and do it on Rick's love, well, I'll quickly run out of gas. But I'm connected to the vine, it just keeps flowing. Always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And I think your heart is probably, your life is very much like mine. There are some situations, a couple of situations for me that have been lifelong that I'm uh, pray continually, God, would you change this? Would you change this? Would you change this? And um, it just continues, and, and I have a choice. Just either ignore it, reject it, or just keep loving. Just keep loving. Just keep loving and keep praying. Sometimes uh, one of my situations is on the mainland where I don't have connection with the people that I'm praying for. But um, love says um, keep hoping, <laughs> keep praying, keep trusting, and... Um, that's the kind of love that Jesus has, a permanent love. If it was just mine, it'd run out of gas and I'd move on with life. But no, there's some things that I want to see resolved that I'm trusting God for in the long term. And I want that love to be uh, flowing in the long term and hoping for a resolution to those um, relational issues in the long term. Paul says love is the essential ingredient. You can do everything else in life. You can have all these spectacular gifts. But if you don't have love, you're bankrupt. You got nothing. Love is that essential ingredient that makes everything else beautiful, everything else meaningful. So acts of service, acts of communication, acts of knowledge, living out the Haumana life with the gifts and the calling that he has, it's valuable, it's important, it's eternal. But it's got to have love. It's got to have love to make it beautiful and meaningful and valuable. So as we close this morning, let me just ask you, um, as you read your name into this list, which I would encourage you to do, um, Rick acts patiently. Rick acts kindly. Rick does not envy. <laughs> read your name into that and just allow the Holy Spirit to convict you about how you need, uh, we all need his life to flow through us to make us these kinds uh, of people. A woman who loves, a man who loves, and thereby shows that we're followers of Jesus because love 
is that supreme value for those of us who choose to follow Christ. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray and we'll uh, seek to um, be governed, be ruled, be filled with his love this week. Father, thank you for this amazing passage and for what you teach us by your spirit through your word. Thank you, Father, that um, you are the source of love, that you are pure love, that you are unfailing love, that you are love. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you pour that love into our hearts and you've given us the insight in our minds, but the reception in our hearts to receive the love of God that Jesus shows, has shown us and shows us every day. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our worthy leader, that you have not only demonstrated and modeled that love, but you're available to us every day to fill our hearts with that love. So, Lord, as we um, learn what it means to follow you, our, our worthy leader, our loving leader, our awesome leader, we ask that you would continue just to strengthen that love. I want to praise you, Lord. It's such a blessing to be a part of a church family that's growing in love. That love is real. We experience it. We taste it. We know there's so much more that you want to do, but Lord, it's such a blessing to be a part of a, a church family that loves on one another. So strengthen us by your spirit to love and experience the fullness of Christ's love, the heights, the width, the depth, uh, the fullness of your love in every way. We love you and look to you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week. See you Tuesday evening. Aloha, church family. Thank you so much for joining with us in worship this morning. We truly hope that you were refreshed and, and strengthened in your faith during these crazy pandemic days. We want, invite you to look at all of our messages. They're available on our YouTube channel. We'd also invite you to download our church app. It's just a great way for us to keep in touch, to communicate, also for you to receive materials. So uh, take advantage of downloading that church app. We would invite you to partner with us as we continue serving God faithfully during these days. And you can give online, you can give on our website, uh, or mail a check into our street address. We really appreciate your support with that. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord grant you peace. We love you. Aloha.